0: You're listening to a special edition of Civic from the San Francisco Public Press and a press conference from city officials about the COVID-19 outbreak on March 25th.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm San Francisco Mayor London Breed. and thank The press for joining us uh, virtually as well as Uh, Dr. Grant Koufax with the Department of Public Health, and other members from our hospital community, including UCSF and Dignity. Uh, As many of you know, uh, this has been a very uh, challenging situation, not only for San Francisco, but throughout our country. Uh, We declared a state of emergency back in February, on February 25th of this year, to begin the process to prepare for what we know was coming. As of today, we're at 172 cases in San Francisco. We see that continue to rise every single day, and when we look at states all over the country, uh, we know uh, that the early steps we took to not only be prepared, but also to ask people to stay at home has definitely had an impact on the numbers that we are seeing every single day. But we also know uh, that as Dr. Colfax mentioned on Monday, um, it is still going to continue to climb, uh, sadly things are going to get worse, and it's important uh, that we continue to stay at home because it truly does mean that we save lives as a result. Uh, we have been working uh, to make sure that we identify the existing resources that we have in our healthcare system and that we look to increase our capacity so that when that surge hits in San Francisco, that we are prepared. Uh, But if the numbers hit the way that they are going in a place like New York, there is really gonna be a challenge with our system. And when you think about it, San Francisco has many hospitals. We have some of the best healthcare anywhere. Uh, We are in probably a better situation than most, but we are still, in a situation that requires a significant ramp up. Uh, And it requires the need for our state and our federal partners to step up more than they ever have before and to move faster. Um, We see that there have been a lot of challenges with the federal government, but I am grateful for the stimulus package that just passed last night, and I'm hopeful that that money makes its way uh, to the people of this city so that folks can survive, but I also hope that it provides us the much-needed support uh, that we need in our hospital system so that we are able to uh, prepare and, and for the number of beds that we clearly will need during this crisis. Right now, we have about 1,300 medical surgical beds and 200 ICU beds. Uh, We definitely need a lot more than that, and we know that many of our uh, hospital partners have been really stepping up and uh, significantly increasing their capacity to help meet the need. This is not as easy as opening up a bed. It also requires that we have nurses, we have doctors, we have healthcare professionals, and we have uh, sufficient PPE to keep them safe. Uh, as well as uh, support the patients that we're here to serve. Um, We estimate that uh, we will need more. Uh, It's not even a question uh, as to whether or not we'll need more, and so we are uh, grateful to the governor and the work that he's continuing to do, but we definitely will need more. We estimate that uh, we will need about 5,000 more hospital beds on top of what we already have, and at least 1,500 ventilators. Uh, to address uh, this uh, very significant challenge. We know uh, that it's important to make sure that we're ready, that we're prepared, uh, and we also know that if people who are out on the streets continue to congregate with one another, continue to interact with one another, which increases the spread of this virus, we will not have enough beds, enough ICU units, enough ventilators to support the people that we know are gonna need them. That's what this is about. That's why you're hearing from all over the world to stay at home, to stay within your respective home, with your respective relatives, so that we can do everything we can to prevent the spread of this virus. We are gonna do everything we can to get our hospital community ready, uh, and it definitely has not been easy. We're doing everything we can to acquire a number of hotel rooms to help house those who are unsheltered, and to also help those who live in congregate settings so that they're not sharing bathrooms and they're able to live independently and separate from others, that they live in the single-room occupancy hotels, our SROs, Uh, We are setting up a system so that we can keep people apart from one another to prevent the spread. Uh, And this has been a real challenge, especially with our homeless population, Uh, and we will continue to work hard and we'll have further details about some of our plans moving forward. Um, I, um, as I said, made a request to our state and and federal officials. I sent a letter today to Governor Gavin Newsom as well as uh, our Vice President, Mike Pence, who's in charge of the task force leading this effort, making it clear what we need. Um, This is not the first time we've reached out to make it clear that there is a significant need in our health system, and I hope uh, that it will be the last, and I hope that they will deliver for the people of this state and the people of this country uh, because time is, cannot uh, be wasted on uh, interactions that don't lead to the kinds of results that we need. We need to be prepared to save lives. We need to be prepared to take patience uh, right away, uh, and we need to be prepared with the capacity necessary in order to help people. And so I want to thank... Uh, the hospital council and uh, our great partners for continuing to work with us in the hospital community, the private sector, the public sector. Uh, We are working collaboratively um, around uh, the challenges that we all face with testing, uh, the challenges with PPE, the challenges that we know uh, will continue uh, to get uh, to a point where we, Um, are gonna have to keep working together at this, supporting one another, because uh, we know that clearly at this point the numbers will continue to rise. There will continue to be people who need to be hospitalized. And I want us to keep in mind that we don't want to turn anyone away. Think about when you're out there and you're socializing and you're not socially distancing from one another, the difference that could make and the spread that occurs as a result of your interactions with other people. And if you went to the hospital because you were sick or a relative or family member and they were turned away because we didn't have enough beds to accommodate them, we don't wanna get to that point. And so again, uh, my plea is to ask the public to continue to cooperate, uh, to continue to exercise social distancing, Uh, to be responsible for one another because that's we're in this together. We are all responsible for one another and whether or not this virus spreads more than what we are seeing. We can see a difference by making sure that we do our part. And so I want to express my appreciation to the majority of San Franciscans who are following this order um, and who are providing helpful tips uh, to people of things that they should and shouldn't do. Uh, We have a list of frequently asked questions on our websites. We're trying to do everything we can to outreach to uh, businesses and individuals about what this means. Uh, The police chief and and members of the San Francisco Police Department are out there doing their very best to address challenges with crime and to educate the public um, as to why this is important. Um, Everyone has a role to play in keeping our city uh, safe and healthy, and I appreciate everything that you all have done and will continue to do to get us to that point. And so with that, I wanna take this opportunity to uh, introduce uh, Dr. Grant Koufax with the Department of Public Health uh, to provide us uh, with an update and the collaborative efforts between the San Francisco Department of Public Health and our Hospital Council and the various hospitals that exist here in San Francisco.
2: Thank you, Mayor. Good afternoon. I am Dr. Grant Colfax, Director of Health for San Francisco. Over a week ago, Mayor Breed and several Bay Area counties counties announced in an unprecedented order requiring residents to stay at home in order to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. Since then, many other counties and the state of California have issued the same instructions as have multiple places across the country. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who is taking this order seriously, and as seriously as this situation calls for. Your efforts to stay stay home and maintain social distance is and will save lives. I want to emphasize that. Social distancing is and will save lives. I know there are people out there who would lead you to believe that our efforts are too aggressive, but I cannot stress enough just how vital they are. As of this morning, San Francisco has over 170 confirmed cases of coronavirus. Just three weeks ago, we had two. We expect these numbers to continue to rise rapidly. And sadly, we have now reported our first death from this disease. On behalf of the Department of Public Health, I extend my, condol- my condolences to this man's loved ones. And I am sorry to say that the worst is yet to come. And yet we are preparing, as we have since the very beginning of this emergency, The hospitals in our city have tried to empty as many hospital beds as possible to make room for the patients that are coming. Currently, there are about 1,300 staffed regular beds across all San Francisco hospitals and about 200 staffed ICU intensive care unit beds. These beds have appropriate staffing and supplies today for care to care for all patients who need that level of care, including coronavirus patients. This number of beds could handle an initial surge of coronavirus patients as well. In less than two weeks, we expect a surge of people needing hospitalization. So our goal now is to, again, flatten the curve so fewer people get sick at once, This will reduce the likelihood, likelihood, this will reduce the likelihood that our healthcare system gets overwhelmed. The last thing I want, we want, is for those who need care to not be able to access it. Every hospital in the city wants to care for everyone who needs our help. That is why we must stay vigilant and recommit ourselves to staying home and leave the home only for essential reasons. Again, the health of our community depends on it. Now, as we are preparing for the surge of coronavirus patients who need to be hospitalized, I want to let all San Franciscans know that all hospitals in the city are working together on an unprecedented and unified response. Our work is being improved and supported by predictive modeling of the disease spread and the potential effectiveness of our interventions. It will help us envision various scenarios based on data, science, and facts from the coronavirus locally, across the nation, and the Bay Area. We are working with some of the world's top public health experts, epidemiologists, infectious disease, and global health experts based in the Bay Area, including at the San Francisco Department of Public Health, UCSF, and UC Berkeley. Our work to prepare for the hospital surge is happening in two parts. First, as much as possible, we are lowering the number of patients we see in our healthcare system and admit to our hospitals we need to continue to make room for a surge of sicker patients. As I have said, and the mayor emphasized, we have ordered all San Franciscans and Bay Area residents to stay home. We've restricted visitors to hospitals, long-term care facilities, and residential facilities to protect the health of vulnerable populations. These are by health order. We have canceled or postponed elective surgeries and routine medical appointments and moved services to telephone and video conference. These are being done under a health order. We have provided places other than hospitals for people with suspected or confirmed cases of coronavirus to remain safe and isolated to free up hospital beds and hospital staff. We have ordered enhanced cleaning of SROs, expanded shelter hours, and more meals served to shelters and navigation centers to improve the health and safety of vulnerable populations in an effort to further reduce hospitalizations. The second part of getting ready for a surge of corona cases is the work all the hospitals in San San Francisco are doing together to increase capacity. A new floor just for coronavirus patients is being readied at St. Francis Memorial Hospital that is staffed and equipped through contributions from St. Francis, Zuckerberg, San Francisco General, and UCSF. We've made the hiring of DPH, Department of Public Health Nurses, faster and easier. And this has already resulted in adding over 80 new nurses to this collective effort. We are obtaining more supplies and equipment that we need most, including personal protective equipment, or PPE. And we are growing our capacity to test. We are now processing dozens of tests per day and waiting as little as 24 hours for results. Our top priority is the health of our patients, our community, and the people who care for them. I want all the people in our community to know we are doing the very best we can to be as prepared as we can be in fighting this disease. But I must look across the nation to New York City, and I continue to be concerned. It is plausible that despite all these efforts, we could have a scenario similar to the one that is playing out in New York this very day. If that happens, our capacity, our surge capacity will be far exceeded. Look at what has happening in New York. An excellent medical system, superb scientists, frontline brave, courageous nurses and doctors, and a capacity to respond to normal and even urgent activities is being overwhelmed. In that situation, we will require, we estimate we will require over 1,500 ventilators, and 5,000 additional medical and surge beds. In that scenario, we will require federal and state assistance. We cannot manage that alone. So, as I close my remarks today, I want to address all San Franciscans as honestly and directly as I can. Every day, People you may not even know are exposing themselves to risk and working the hardest and doing their best to protect you and keep you healthy. Our healthcare workers, our first responders. If you aren't performing an essential task to keep our city running right now, then you have only one job. That is, please stay at home and keep everyone safe. By staying apart, we stand together. Thank you. And it is now my pleasure to introduce Dr. David Klein, president and CEO of St. Francis and St. Mary's Hospital and chair of the Hospital Commission for San Francisco and Hospital Council of San Francisco. Thank you.
3: Good afternoon, and Mayor Breed and and Dr. Colfax, thank you so much for your leadership. As chair of the hospital council, I'd first like to thank all of our caregivers in the city who keep our community safe. These are indeed uh, unprecedented times that we're all experiencing together, and there has never been a more important time for our hospitals to work together. And I am grateful to be here in San Francisco where our many health systems have a long history of partnering to keep San Franciscans healthy. At Dignity Health and St. Francis Memorial, like so many other hospitals across the state and the world, we have shifted our focus towards caring for those affected by COVID-19. St. Francis is very proud to provide a dedicated unit for this important work. The unit will open in early April, and we will be staffed initially through a partnership with Dignity Health, UCSF Health, and Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. We too uh, are supporting social distancing. We are encouraging our employees to work from home whenever possible. We're supporting social distancing as much as we can within the hospital and encouraging our patients to see physicians through virtual visits uh, instead of in person when that's possible. A public health issue of this magnitude must be addressed with creative solutions. The hospital council has been working to identify these solutions since the very beginning of this crisis no one hospital can do this alone the only response is a collective response and i am grateful that this collaborative effort to create a dedicated center for covid 19 patients will help ensure hospital care is available to anyone that needs it i applaud the efforts of the hospital council the san francisco department of public health ucsf and the mayor's office to look to the future and to ensure our community has the necessary resources to prepare for whatever comes our way. Working together, we will flatten this pandemic curve. Thank you. It's my pleasure now to introduce Mark Larett, the president and CEO of UCSF Health. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Dr. Klein, 20 seconds but I won't take the full 20 without talking. Mayor Breed, I wanna thank you for your courage and your leadership setting an example for this nation about getting in front of the issues associated with this virus and taking the bold actions that hopefully will help us flatten the curve. And Dr. Colfax, I wanna similarly express my gratitude to you for your leadership in helping all San Francisco uh, be aware of the issues, uh, at re- the risks that we're facing, and helping us uh, through that. One of the greatest strengths of San Francisco is our sense of community. When there's an issue, when there's a problem, we all step up together to face it. We have a long history of doing this across all sectors, and today I wanna talk about particularly how the hospital community has stepped forward to address the issues that Dr. Colfax just outlined. We know we need vastly more hospital beds. We know we need vastly more testing capability. We know we need to move to telehealth visits. And over the last several weeks, the hospitals in this city have dramatically reduced their census, dramatically reduced uh, inpatient elective surgeries, and dramatically increased the number of telehealth visits. And as I was driving over here today, I heard that today for the first time ever at UCSF, we took care of more outpatients via telehealth than we did in person, a true moment of, of, uh, of recognition of an important change. Every hospital in San Francisco is doing its part. Kaiser was the first to have a drive-through testing center. Uh, Sutter Health, CPMC, is looking at ways to expand their capacity. Chinese Hospital, the VA, everybody has moved forward to look for ways that we can address this, the needs of our particular community. At UCSF, uh, we are planning to reopen our Mount Zion Hospital uh, by May 1st, hopefully sooner, uh, to expand our capacity by at least another 50 to 60 beds. But I particularly want to talk today about St. Francis Medical Center because Dr. Klein showed extraordinary leadership in saying, we will make space available. We don't have the staff, we don't have the physician staff, we may not have the resources to make this, this unit operational in time. But that's where all the other hospitals in San Francisco stepped forward. And led by Dr. Susan Ehrlich, uh, the President and CEO of Zuckerberg San Francisco General, uh, we all got together and talked how we could contribute. UCSF will contribute members of the medical staff, and we've made a $1 million commitment to help support the costs associated with reopening that unit. Uh, Sutter, Kaiser, uh, Chinese Hospital are all also stepping up and trying to help in any way they can to make this unit a success, because as we all succeed together, uh, it benefits us all, but we all have to come together in order to achieve that. Let me just say, too, that I've spent a lot of time talking about, thinking about silver linings. I just mentioned one. We're doing more telehealth visits than ever before. But one of the other silver linings is that members of the hospital community in San Francisco are now working more closely together than maybe they ever have. The chief operating officers, the chief nursing officers, the directors of pharmacy are all working together to figure out how we can provide services and support to each other, share resources as needed, and improve the well-being of all of the, of the members of our community. Uh, as Dr. Klein mentioned and uh, Dr. Colfax, we've been tapping into uh, resources that we didn't even know uh, we would ever need. Uh, the, the brilliant people at, at UC Berkeley, working with our scientists at UCSF on, on uh, modeling, Uh, The Chan Zuckerberg uh, Biohub initiative has been an enormous help in making equipment and expertise available to help us improving our testing. Scientists at UCSF working not only on new testing approaches, but also on new treatments. And most of all, I, I want to acknowledge our strong community of supporters, people who are interested in making sure that San Francisco is always a community, people who've stepped forward with contacts, uh, people who've stepped forward taking their N95s and depositing them in a a place so they can be used by healthcare workers, and people who've made financial contributions to help us through this difficult time. We must flatten the curve. We must get in front of this epidemic. We are going to face very hard times in the coming weeks, If we do the basic things that Dr. Colfax talked about, washing our hands, keeping our distance, uh, and staying home, we can do our part to help this community succeed. So thank you, and I'll turn it now back to Mayor Breed.
1: Um, So thank you, everyone. again, for your partnership and your support uh, and the work that we are all doing together to get through uh, this crisis. And at this time, uh, we wanna open it up to questions and I also wanna acknowledge that we have uh, here with us as well the Department of Emergency Management Director, Mary Ellen Carroll. We have the Police Chief, Bill Scott, uh, is here and the director of the Department of Human Resources, I mean, Human Services, uh, Trent Rohr, is here. So, uh, with that, happy to open it up to any questions.
5: Okay, this is the public information officer. I'm going to go ahead and call on you. First question Dominic, San Francisco Chronicle, question and follow up.
6: Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, question, question first um, Could someone talk a little bit more about the mechanics of the unified plan, details like? resources uh, will be apportioned as they come in and who's calling the shot as these resources come in thank you
1: so um, I think either Mary Ellen Carroll or dr. Colfax uh, one of you want to address that okay I have
7: to bring it down um, thank you Mary Ellen Carroll Department of Emergency Management so um, here at Muscone South where the city's Emergency Operations Center is located we are um, centralizing resource um, uh, acquisition and um, purchasing and distribution. We are working hand in hand with the Department of Public Health to both identif- to identify the resources that are needed and to make the appropriate purchases and also request for aid through the state and the federal and the federal government. Um, As we look at the large, so the public health department will be our link to our partners here to determine the overall city um, needs. All of that will be centralized here through the Emergency Operations Center and we will work through our existing um, system in order to ensure that we both uh, are aware of what our needs are, what our burn rates are as we use it and what we need to come in, where our gaps are.
5: Dominic, do you have a follow-up?
6: Uh, yes. Uh, I just also, I guess, a, 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 just a question about the modeling. Um, with New York sort of being the, um, the test case, if you will, or something that fed into how um, San Francisco's plan came together, can someone just speak a little bit about how that modeling worked or what some of the inputs were to determine how much would be needed if San Francisco uh, starts to look more like New York State? Thank you.
2: So, thank you, this is Grant Colfax. So the model um, is, is be, has been developed by UC Berkeley uh, clinicians, physicians, and epidemiologists, and research scientists, and it's basically looking at scenarios that happened already in uh, Wuhan, China, um, and also data from Italy, and our local data, um, and, and using information that's coming in from New York to um, provide a number of scenarios to better understand plausible scenarios um, with regard to where we are headed um, in the next uh, few weeks and the next few months. Uh, The model takes information, uh, again, from all these sources and then makes certain assumptions that we do not know to be true but are plausible based on other data to better understand uh, where we are and where we may be going. Uh, The model uh, with regard to New York, uh, that's really based on what New York is experiencing and their uh, specific resource needs right now um, with regard to to, to ventilators and hospital beds. So that is really focused on if, and it's still plausible, it's certainly plausible. San Francisco um, does not succeed in flattening the curve. Um, and gets to a place where New York is, um, we would, as es- we estimate at this point, we would need um, a- at least, we estimate, um, at least 1,500 uh, ventilators in our system and additional 5,000 medical surge beds. Um, there are other uh, estimates that, that if our shelter-in-place and other interventions um, are working, um, that we would not get to that point. but I want to stress that uh, we are doing everything we can with the partners here today under mayor Breed's leadership, with the uh, uh, collaboration and leadership of Mary Ellen Carroll's Department of Emergency Management to be as prepared as we can be locally, but there are plausible scenarios that would put us in a state like New- in a situation like New York is in and making it very clear that our, our resource capacity, our local resource capacity would be far exceeded and require state and or federal help. Thank you.
5: Okay, I'm going to move on. Wilson, KPIX. Wilson, KPIX, next question.
2: Hey, thank you. Uh, A question about timing,
6: Um, and I understand the projections are always changing. Uh, You mentioned seeing the surge in less than two weeks. Can you put that in some more context?
8: Um, uh, As you understand that, that path now, can you tell us what it looks like in terms of I guess it's sharpness for lack of a better word and, and more importantly the duration If that you know if, if that's the start in less than two weeks what yeah, I, kind of a, of a timeline
2: I, I cannot give you a specific timeline at this point um i'm basing the surge information based um, if you look at the, 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 the uh, curves in New York right now, if you looked at what happened in Wuhan, China, the curves are very steep. Um, trying to get as specific as, as you're asking for, we simply cannot do. We are tracking uh, the data um, to see uh, what the plausible scenarios are. And in terms of how long um, this will be, we really don't have an answer to that because remember, we're doing a shelter-in-place right now. We are hoping that that's effective. We need everybody to stay at home to save lives. If that That works, that will greatly decelerate uh, the curve and flatten the curve. We will know over the next few weeks whether we see signs of that happening. The other piece, though, from a public health perspective, following the science, data, and facts, is that those efforts need to be sustained over time because you could get an initial, uh, you could flatten the curve initially, but then if things go back to normal, that curve could very easily go back up. Thank you.
5: Jackson, NBC Bay Area
2: right
6: i I, can hear me
5: we can hear you uh
6: so uh dr colfax or whoever tate uh chooses to answer that we understand that uh some ucsf physicians are seeking uh the pulmonary and critical care specialists are seeking everyone to in the uh, public facilities run by ucsf or staffed by ucsf for everyone there to wear uh at least surgical masks to protect uh, against the spread, what's the uh, uh, current uh, response to that? We're led to believe that at least at SF General, the answer has been uh, not yet or no.
4: This is Mark Laret uh, from UCSF. Okay. Uh, there have been. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, work on the science around uh, the spread of COVID-19. And the predominant science belief is that this is droplet spread, not aerosolized, except in certain procedures when it is aeros- aerosolized. And so the approach has been to use a droplet and contact precautions rather than aerosol precautions. Um, we're still learning a lot about the disease and a lot about the transmission. Uh, the... Uh, ideal approach that we would use would be to have plenty of PPE, personal protective equipment, for every employee. Uh, But the fact of the matter is that we're working under pretty intense shortages right now. And so we're trying to make sure that we're uh, giving the appropriate PPE to those physicians, nurses, and other staff who are in circumstances where they actually need it. And we're trying to reserve our supplies for those individuals. Uh, but over time, as we get additional stockpiles of masks, gowns, gloves, hoods, and so forth, we will try to expand the uh, uh, circumstances under which those are utilized.
5: Jackson, do you have a follow-up question? Uh, yes,
6: um, We also we, I think Kristen was going to ch- try to deal with this the issue of five uh, sheriff deputies and one cadet involved in uh, screening. Uh, uh, at City Hall, have uh, showed signs. Um, are you guys concerned about uh, people at City Hall? There are th- you know a thousand people a day went into City Hall until you guys closed it up recently. Um, just wondering, um, have you done any outreach? I mean, people hold weddings there and all sorts of
5: things until recently. Uh, Jackson, uh, you can you know, turn down your YouTube? We cannot understand your question, Jackson. Can you turn down your YouTube uh, feed? We can't understand your question.
6: Uh, can I, I'll, uh, uh, basically you understand a screener at City Hall has tested positive, uh, a cadet at SF Sheriff's Department. And um, can you hear me now? I
5: can hear you now.
6: Okay, so the screener is tested positive and we were just wondering what's been the fallout from that? Do you have any idea how many people might have had the potential of being exposed and, uh, Jackson, you really you have to—you you really have to I turn down your YouTube,
5: cli- your YouTube, your uh, YouTube stream, because uh, you, you've got to mute it, because it's uh, you're coming in choppy. Uh, as I understand it, your question is, what is being done uh, over for screening at City Hall?
9: What is being what After done done regarding years.
5: screening at City Hall because uh, there, because some sheriff deputies have tested positive for COVID nineteen.
6: I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. Can you repeat?
5: I'm going to repeat your question as I understand it. Um, you're asking about okay. sheriff's deputies that have tested positive for COVID 19 at City Hall, and if, if there's anything being done differently at City Hall for screening.
6: Well, to notify people as well, yes.
5: Uh, Dr. Colfax is here to answer your question. So just um,
2: again, we are following all recommendations and protocols per the CDC with regard to exposures, whether they are in City Hall, um, whether they are in any other institution. Uh, We are working with the Sheriff's Office and with City Hall representatives to make sure that all appropriate precautions are being taken, people um, exposed, uh, uh, high risk for high risk of exposure are uh, given the education materials they need, and people who are testing positive, again, are following uh, proper uh, medical guidelines for protecting themselves and protecting others. I wanna emphasize that overall, um, in the community, um, the most important thing is that uh, we provide, uh, that we continue to social distance. Um, and only the most essential workers um, be be at work. Um, Our first responders are on the front lines and it is our priority at the Health Department uh, to ensure that they and their leadership get all the information they need. And in the case of exposures or a positive test, uh, the the right public health uh, procedures are being followed based on science, data, and facts.
5: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and read uh, Liz's question from KGO. We know in New York some hospitals have banned partners during childbirth. Is that something being considered in San Francisco?
2: So we issued an order severely restricting uh, Visitors to uh, a health order restricting visitors to, to all hospitals, all but uh, the, the, the most um, essential visitors w- were allowed in. Um, we think that this is based on public health, and we think that uh, further restricting at this point um, is, is, is not, not necessary. Thank you. I'm
5: also going to read Christian Captain's uh, question. What is being done to crack down on hotspots, including 850 Bryant, where there have been a number of cases, and Laguna Honda?
2: So with regard to Laguna Honda, from the very beginning, um, uh, as early as the declaration of emergency, Laguna Honda has been a key focus of the health department's efforts. As you know, we've focused on uh, ensuring that we do everything we can to protect vulnerable populations. Uh, And we have uh, the best infectious disease control experts, the best clinicians, uh, the best people looking at hygiene, uh, at the wards and with our patients and with the staff uh, at Luguna Honda. Um, We have taken a number of steps, including screening uh, staff ensuring that they are not exhibiting uh, uh, symptoms of illness we have had uh, major restrictions in, in visitors we are issuing a, a health order to not allow uh, patients to be leaving Laguna Honda uh, later today that order um, will be uh, that is that order has been issued today um, and we're ensuring that uh, staff uh, have the protection they need based on CDC guidelines to provide uh, the care that they need um, if in the if uh, a patient does have Test positive at uh, Laguna Honda Hospital. We will follow all the proper guidelines. I think people know that a number of staff have tested co- positive for COVID-19 uh, who, have, who work at Laguna Honda. Um, the areas where, the, the, the uh, neighborhoods where they work, uh, the units where they work are on quarantine and all proper uh, precautions are being taken at this time. And I, I will didn't... let, uh, uh, with regard, there was a follow-up question to that, I believe the 850 Bryant question and Chief Scott um, will answer that part of the question. Thank you.
10: So for 850 Bryant, uh, the San Francisco Police Department had two of our employees to test positive for COVID-19 at 850 Bryant. We have quarantined 24 officers, uh, 27 total employees from that unit, 25 sworn and two uh, non-sworn employees. We have sanitized that work location and we had already restricted some of our uh, workforce from being in the office. We've broken up our investigative units into details, so we are rotating them from telecommuting to working in the office when it's essential to actually working out in the field, which we announced the other day. Um, We've been in contact with Sheriff Miyamoto. I know he has a number of staff in 850 Bryant the courts have restricted their court activity to basically all essential court activity. Um, I just got an email just as I was uh, listening to the mayor about some jury trials have been postponed. So it's the same concept that Dr. Colfax and others have been preaching, social distancing, limiting the amount of people in a, in a combined, confined space. And that's what we're practicing. So we hope that that will have a difference in, limit the exposure to our workforce thank you
5: okay i'm going to read the next question from mission local we keep hearing from our hispanic community that they are afraid of getting tested or going through drive-through because of their legal status despite the president saying they they would and should be tested and treated but i think it would be beneficial for the community to hear from our local leaders how safe are undocumented and uninsured latinos to get tested grant colfax department of health so I just want to
2: emphasize uh, that the health department takes care of everybody regardless of immigration status. Uh, we are a city and a department of compassion and that nobody will be discriminated against based on immigration status. San Francisco is a sanctuary city and, and people who need care should avail themselves of the care across this, the city's health department. If you meet criteria for being tested for COVID-19, you should be tested, we will test you, we will take care of you.
5: Okay, next question. Alexander, San Francisco Business Times. Alexander, San Francisco Business Times.
6: Hi, uh, uh, can you hear me all right?
5: We can hear you, go ahead.
6: All right, Uh, so uh, I wanted to see if there's, uh, maybe Trent could answer this, uh, but I wanted to see if there's any update on the hotel situation in terms of uh, the number of uh, rooms being uh, uh, proposed uh, in response to the RFP last week. Um, and also, um, if uh, Trent could clarify, um, at the press conference on Monday, uh, there was uh, – it, 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 it wasn't quite clear whether uh, he was supporting hygiene stations uh, for homeless uh, people on the streets or, uh, or putting them in hotel rooms. And I guess you could speak a little bit more about how the situation changed.
8: Hi, Trent Rohr, Executive Director, Human Services Agency. Um, We have completed lease up, um, executed leases for over 300 rooms. We're currently uh, working with the Department of Public Health to move uh, homeless individuals or others who cannot self-quarantine out of the hospital and into these isolation rooms. This is our primary number one focus in preparation for a potential surge, the hospital needs these beds, and the individuals that are in them now do not need to be hospitalized. They're simply there because they cannot quarantine. We have entered our second phase of um, leasing with eight hotels totaling 920 rooms. We have assessed all of those hotels for their suitability, and we'll be entering into agreements as soon as we can come to the lease terms with the, the hotel owners. Um, With respect to individuals who are uh, on the street, um, uh, the priority must remain to keep the hospital beds open for the potential surge. The second priority must be to thin out our existing homeless shelters, meaning creating social distancing within those shelters as part of that plan. We're targeting the vulnerable Individuals in our homeless shelters, these are people who are age 60 or older or with underlying health conditions, they will be prioritized, if they can self-care, will be prioritized for some of our smaller hotel rooms. Uh, In addition, we are bringing on an integrated care shelter at Moscone North. That will be for individuals who cannot self-care and that will be a, 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 basically a medical shelter to provide the medical supports in a congregate way and a safe way for individuals who can't self-care in hotel rooms. With respect to individuals on the street, we continue to promote social distancing with our homeless outreach teams. Um, in addition, we are setting up hygiene stations for them as well. Uh, when we encounter vulnerable populations on the street, and once our integrated care shelter is activated, Should those individuals need to move indoors to seek medical care, we would do that. Um, Should they uh, be um, uh, equipped to manage themselves in uh, a room into self-care, they would be placed in one of our medically supported smaller hotel rooms.
5: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and read the question from Kate from KQED. What will the capacity of the new ward at St. Francis Memorial Hospital be? How many people will be able to be treated?
3: This is David Klein uh, from St. Francis. So we have uh, the ability to take care of 40 medical surgical patients uh, on the unit and an additional eight in a, a critical care unit uh, that's two, floor, uh, two floors above that. Our plan is to initially open up 10 beds, uh, which will be available uh, the first uh, week of April, and then we can grow very rapidly from there. So I would say the total capacity uh, using the critical care unit and the med surging unit will be 48 patients.
5: Okay, next question is from Gorin, New York Times. Have we reached the stage where every San Franciscan can get tested as soon as they experience symptoms and not just higher risk patients? That's the first question. Again, the question is, have we reached the stage where every San Franciscan can get tested as soon as they experience symptoms and not just higher risk patients?
2: So, We know that there's a national shortage of COVID 19, of testing for COVID 19. Uh, We are rapidly escalating our testing abilities uh, here in San Francisco. Right now, um, among our partners at our our public health lab, um, with UCSF, and with the uh, Chan Zuckerberg BioHub. We've dramatically escalated our testing just from last week. We are now, among those combined groups, able to uh, do tests over 400 a day, and those are the rapid tests. I think one of the key things in this testing discussion that's really key is turning tests around in a day, or or two days is really vital to better understanding uh, how to care for patients and where we are in the epidemic. These other tests that are being escalated, some of them uh, take turnaround time as much as six or seven days, Um, and as you know, from what we're seeing across the country and across the world, that is just uh, insufficient for for us to be able to respond uh, to the epidemic. We are working with key partners across the city to escalate so that everybody who has symptoms uh, consistent with coronavirus um, can can, can get tested and know their status. Uh, We have also issued a health order as of yesterday uh, that required all testing agencies in the city to report the, number of positive tests, uh, the total number of tests that they are doing, the total number of positive tests, and the n- total number of negative tests. This is an unprecedented effort to better understand the testing capacity across the city and understanding where we need to focus and scale up our testing efforts.
5: Okay, that was the last question. Thank you, everybody. This concludes our press conference.
2: This has been a special edition
0: of Civic from the San Francisco Public Press, carrying the press conference held by Mayor London Breed and other city officials on March 25th.
2: KSFP and the San Francisco Public Press are supported by listeners like you. Learn more about our membership program and join the public press at sfpublicpress.org/slash/donate. You can make a donation online or send a check to the San Francisco Public Press, 44 Page Street, Suite 504, San Francisco, California, 94102. Thank you, and thanks to the hundreds of other public press members who have made our work possible for 10 years. It's the Finch Files, stories from San Francisco and beyond.
0: Today we have the story of a formerly obese history professor from Alabama who has gone on to channel San Francisco's most famous newspaper columnist.
9: Well, this is a long and winding crazy story. That's
0: 51-year-old Gordon Harvey. Gordon is a history professor and heads up the Department of History and Foreign Languages at Jacksonville State University in Alabama. He's also on Twitter, tweeting as Herb Kane Daily. Here's his story.
9: I first came out to San Francisco in 2011 to run the San Francisco Marathon. I uh, had started running back in 2008 to lose weight and get healthy again. I was pretty much uh, morbidly obese. And one of my goal races was the San Francisco Marathon. And I'd met some friends out there through uh, social media.
0: So Gordon came out and ran the San Francisco Marathon, and it was an eye-opener.
9: I got to sort of take a, 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 a bite of each section of the city and how diverse it is and how old and new at once it is and how, how just darn hilly it is. <laughs> but that, that started it.
10: High on a hill
1: it calls to me
0: not to sound too corny but it was kind of love at first sight Gordon Harvey returns to the Bay Area to run events with local friends that he's made via social media but there's more to Gordon's infatuation with San Francisco than just the scenery
9: I grew up in Alabama and I'm not typically Southern even though I am a native Native Southerner I I've always had... Uh, sentimentalities or um, a viewpoint that really never fit in with the people that I grew up with uh, or even my family. San Francisco seemed to be this um, diverse melting pot gumbo stew collection of crazy innovative, ambitious, free, liberal, open, you name it, and, and, and San Francisco seemed to have it.
6: With
4: me up in San
6: Francisco, that's the place where I belong.
0: Late San Francisco newspaper columnist Herb Kane and the love he had for the city of San Francisco.
3: It's a place for, for enjoying life, and uh, I've done it to the full. Thousands and thousands of columns and millions of words, all about one city, which is a tribute to the city more than anything else.
0: It's hard to believe Kane died more than 20 years ago, but for decades, Herb was the man. His columns in the San Francisco Chronicle, for many readers, personified Baghdad by the Bay, as you like to call it. Gordon Harvey got the idea for tweeting as Herb Kane. From a community radio station in the Mission District that he listens to online.
9: They were talking about Herb Kane one day, and I, I kept thinking, man, you know, Herb Kane, I've read his stuff, and it's beautiful and poetic, and, you know, sometimes he's crabby, sometimes he's romantic. And I wonder if there's a Twitter account that does, you know, daily Herb Kane tweets and quotes and I found that there was one that had been there for a long time ago but has been dormant for three to four years and I was like you know I'm gonna do it I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet Herb Kane each day.
0: Gordon started tweeting as Herb Kane daily sending out a Kane quote once a day with his morning coffee. At first just a couple dozen people followed his tweets. That has since changed.
9: The uh, the San Francisco Chronicle reached out and did an article, and I went from you know 25 people following me on Twitter to now I'm I'm almost at 1,500. Um, there are people who thanked me for it. I think uh, Herb Kane's son actually tweeted that he thought his dad would love what I was doing, which meant the world to me. The, the purpose of these tweets for me is to connect, to to take part. Uh, from afar in some small way with a city that I adore and maybe somehow gain membership into the world of, of San Franciscans. Um, if just by this small measure of appreciation for what you all have there that I wish that I had here. Gordon
0: Harvey hopes to provide a fresh herb cane quote every day for a year. After that, he may start recycling quotes as long as people are into it.
9: The bottom line is that it, it connects me to this city that I've, I I love and that I wish I could be in and I wish I could visit more. Um, and if, if that's all I can do to connect to the city then, then so be it. But it makes me feel uh, a little bit each day uh, like I'm not um, in Alabama but I'm, I'm walking down uh, Market Street or California and um, I'm part of the city so I guess that's why I do it.
10: San Francisco days, San Francisco nights
0: I'm Peter Finch for The Finch Files, stories from San Francisco and beyond.
8: San Francisco San Francisco nights San
6: Francisco nights